y'all. Welcome to the Talkish Podcast. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm with my sister Heidi. Just welcome you to join us for an open and honest discussion on topics like faith, mental health, and just our overall well-being. Uh, get ready to explore important topics, gain insights, and find inspiration as we create this safe space for growth and self-discovery. Let's talk-ish. All right, all right. I'm excited about this episode. Why are you so? I'm, I'm, I'm really want to know why. Oh, we are going to be talking about what's her name? Toy, Toy. Uh, I don't remember what her name is. The blindsided lady, the one that Sandra Bullock. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm um, I'm a pretty. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> the ancestors in me are just whoo. They ready to ancestors. talk. Ancestors. Ooh, okay. Ready to talk. I'll let you intro though. Yeah, so um some of you may be aware of in the news, uh if you watched the movie Blindside, uh it was a movie that kinda was about this white family taking in this poor black child mm-hmm. and this kid later on turned to be like a NFL success and um, and so it was, you know, I think it was a Disney movie. It's meant to be, um, feel good movie, feel good mm-hmm. movie. Um, the guys, it was based on a, a true story and the guy's name in real life is Michael Orr, and, um, he is suing the family that is presented as kind of the savior in the, um, in the movie because he talks about how they exploited him. And so he's in the process of suing them right now. And um, so I've titled this um, this episode Blindsided by the White Savior Complex. Damn. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Good title. Um, and so I'll just kind of give a little intro. Like, So this movie Blindside is often cited as an example that highlights the White Savior Complex. This story revolves around a white woman who takes upon herself to save and uplift a young black man from a disadvantaged background. While the intentions uh, of the protagonist may be well-meaning, the narrative perpetuates a problematic trope of a white person being the heroic figure who rescues a person of color from their circumstances. This portrayal raises important questions implications worth considering and that's what we're going to kind of wrestle with today are is this white savior complex that you say is waking is quickening Mm -hmm. the ancestors within your spirit absolutely absolutely speak to that um i'm going to speak to it by first um telling my blind side my personal blind side story mm. um i i alluded to this um whenever um on tiktok once where um when uh, mom sent us to go live with dad for a summer and uh uh every, you know our dad is our dad is white mm-hmm. um and uh so he he couldn't handle the 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 responsibility she had she gave him a certain amount of money to give to to spend on us and I, I should have knew something was up when we were having pizza parties every night for the first for the first week. I should have knew that we was going to run out of money. But Dad ended up running out of money. 
And um, Justin knows we we ate we had to pick berries for dinner. Sure did. We were so hungry that I remember um, we had to in one day we had to share a, a duplex cream between two duplex cream cookies between five. What's of a us. duplex cream? A duplex cream is a is a is a cheap version of an Oreo, mm-hmm. and we had to share between amongst five of us share a duplex cream. Two duplex creams, and we were so hungry that we threw up. So it got to the point where my dad couldn't take care of us anymore. And instead of, I think he was too proud, instead of calling our mom and saying, you know, come get the kids, he sent us to his, his sister and her husband. Now, his sister was really, she was nice, you know, but her husband was an extreme bigot. And I remember being going into, um, and they were really into the church. And I remember when we went in there, when we went to their house, immediately it was like, you got to earn your keep. You got to earn your keep. He had us working in the garden. He had us raking rocks. Holly still talks about the raking the rocks that he would make us do. They worked in ministry, so we would go knock on people's doors to to give, um, um, you know, flyers for their vacation Bible school. They had puppet shows for the for you know for their sh- you know for their production. We were ironing, so we were we were put to work. We had to earn our keep, but the way he. It wasn't a summer vacation. It wasn't something like whenever you take and whenever I take in kids, we, I take in kids all the time. It wasn't one of those situations where it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. they're part of my house. No, mm-hmm. it was just like free labor. Mm-hmm. But when you go to that church, I can't tell you the smile he would have on his face and the people who would pat him on the back and tell him, you know, he would tell him. He would tell them our story and how he found us. They found us just wretched in a corner, shaking somewhere, just, you know. And what it did was it it, it, it perpetuated a lot of, you know, a lot of these people probably never even met black people. Mm. And it perpetuated just dangerous stereotypes. Not to mention the fact that we had a mother, a black mother who could have taken care of us. All y'all had to do was call her. She would have been there. But it made it seem like we were just destitute castaways that, you know... And still to this day, I um, I can't stand that man. Let me ask you, if you can, you know, and, and I know that it was a while ago. Are you able to tap into that experience and maybe express how it felt when it was happening? Well, I was always a very um, in tune kid. And I always would look at people and I would be like, this is some bullshit, first of all. Mm -hmm. When I would see people pat him on the back and him acting like he was nice to us in front of people, I'd be like, now, Steve, you know, goddamn well you you don't like us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that was one huge side eye that I gave him. Mm -hmm. Another one, I just missed home. I longed Mm -hmm. for home. I longed to be with my mom. I long for that familiarity to be around the people that I know and that I love and that look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very lonely feeling, although we had our the three, uh, it was uh, me, Heather, and Holly. Oh, side note, they refused to take you guys, the boys. They only wanted to take the girls. They refused to take Justin and Jeremy. Justin and Jeremy had to stay with my father. Um, so he they only agreed to take us girls. I forgot about that. Forgot to mention that big fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it, it made me feel very lonely. And it, it honestly, I'm going to say it was the start of my villain story, but it, it wasn't. But um, it, it, it just, I, I had a lot of, um, I just, just felt like I never connected. It was after that, that experience, 
what put the nail in the coffin for me kind of um, really getting close to my white family. I, I gave them no chances after that. Because I saw that and I just put, I mean, at, at that young age, it put a bad taste in my mouth. And so I steered clear. Mm. Wow. I, I, I definitely and remember just being that. Honest. I definitely remember that. You know, whenever I think about the white savior complex, um, I, I think about the mission trips that we would take. Oh, big um, When we were in church, you know, I, I took a mission trip to. Mexico, um, went to a mission trip, uh, like a city mission trip to New York City, went to the Bronx and Queens and Bed-Stuy. And, I remember those. Mm -hmm. um, then took another mission trip to L.A., mm -hmm. went to Compton, Watts, uh, Inglewood, South Central. Um, and um, the faces were all typically faces of color. We didn't, we never went to a white neighborhood. Back nope. Because the white neighborhoods must have already knew. Mm -hmm. They knew something we didn't know. They yep. possessed something that we didn't have. Mm. And um, and so, you know, just from that vantage point, right, That just from that statement there, it's, uh, it's, um, it's a very proud, it's, it's a white, white savior complex is really rooted in pride. Mm. It's, it's rooted in pride. It has nothing to do with actually saving anybody. Yeah. Um, what it really has to do is, um, what it's really about is about, is, is this expression of pride, Yeah. right? Um, and look what, we have something yeah. good that you don't possess. Um, you know, and, and I, I remember, you know, at a point in my life, I bought into that bullshit. Oh yeah. Me too. For a little bit. I bought into that shit, you know? Um, and, and I don't think, and here goes the thing about the white savior complex. I don't think it's limited to white people. Oh, it's not. Um, Black people could perpetuate it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And they do. CPS perpetuate it, perpetuates mm. it. Mm. Yeah, because it. So what it does is it takes it takes white nor white people and the way the way white, I don't want to say culture. Um, it's just the 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 standard. It creates a standard that didn't check in with any cultural differences. Didn't check in with any uh -huh. um, socioeconomic differences. Didn't check in with any of that. And it creates a normal that if you don't re if you don't reach this standard you are somehow looked at as less than yeah. and in need and in need of saving and that is so and so you're plucking children out of very you know would be healthy environments i mean healthy environments that they thrive in and they're fine but you just you're placing on your your white lens and you know and in the way you think that is is normal and you're putting it on this child who was in other words completely fine and it's just like, poor them, they need my saving. And and that makes my ass itch. And not only that, I, ne I ne actually never watched Blindside. Let me tell you something. That's so why I said I've always been plugged in. The moment that I saw that 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 um, movie being displayed, the, the previews, I said, 
first of all, it made my ass itch immediately. I had to scratch it. The second, the second instinct, I was just like, ain't none of that true. And I knew that there was going to be a day like this that was going to come. I am telling you, what I need to start doing is at the beginning of the I need to start putting out my predictions. I got to start putting out my predictions. I could give good money for that. Mm. I predicted. I knew this was going to happen. Mm. And did you see about, um, her name's Leanne Tui. I think that's what her name is. Did you see what she had posted about those boys? Mm-mm. So she there's a there was and so with all of this stuff going on there was um something that had went viral years back where she, her family owns a chain of like KFCs or or chain of restaurants mm-hmm. and so these two black boys were sitting in a booth minding their own business and um they were in high school and uh they were minding their own business she takes it upon herself because you know she has this good reputation now as the white savior mm-hmm. and she is high off of that um that, that the power and the supremacy of that mm-hmm. and she walks up to these boys and tells them demands the de- them to tell her what is going on and she does it in like a you know sassy hip way like you know mm-hmm. like I'm down with with you guys you know mm-hmm. and so she she puts a she puts a post up and says oh well you know I was talking to these boys and they told me they were trying to scrape up three dollars to go to make it to the high school football game but after they had their running with me you know pretty much not only did they got their money but they got extra money for popcorn and bus fare the, and what's so funny is what, what went viral is the fact that the boys saw it a couple days later and he says there's nothing about that this is that's true mm-mm, he said mm-mm. first of all we were buying our business some random woman comes up to us and demands us to show her what we're talking about and then they say that she said to them, um, you know, so so he says, I have I have a job. I have money. I was going to pay for my friend, but my, my it was his brother. I was going to pay for my brother, but he was going to wait. He was waiting on his uncle, but we went to KFC, so his phone would charge, so we could charge his phone. In the picture, you see the phone charger and everything. Mm. So so he goes, he, we had money. We didn't take the bus because the, it, the high school was literally right around the corner. We walked. Mm-hmm. And so she just made up this big story. He said, and I, we were so confused of why she wanted a picture. Mm. Do you and you see how that happens? You see how that works and how that fuels, mm-hmm. and it perpetuates stereotypes mm. that these, you know, that they're poor and they need saving, and it, and it and it props up white normativity. Mm-hmm. It pro, it props up that standard that they, you know, and so um, I I I. I was like, I believe those boys. Obviously, he was telling the truth. You could see the charger in the boys' hand. Everything lined up. The, the confused look on their face. They didn't know what was going on. She blindsided them. <laughs> That's who's with She blindsided them. Mm. Wow. I didn't realize that story when I was writing out, you know, the the, the title for this episode. You know, um, I, I, I'll be honest. You know, I... I, I Whenever I was part of the Christian church, I perpetuated um, white, the white savior complex. Um, before my wife and I moved to Seattle, we, we live in Seattle. We've been living there now for 11 years. Um, we were youth pastors in Oregon. And um, when we heard about this job uh, in Seattle, it was um, our, our role would, was called house parents. And we lived in a residential facility with teenage girls and boys. Um, 
you know, who were uh, dealing with, you know, recovery from addictions, uh, dealing with trauma. And, you know, by this time, you know, Misty and I have a lot of time under our belt in terms of working with kids and youth pastors. Felt very comfortable working around kids. And I remember very clearly having the mindset that we're going to go up there to save those kids. We're going to go up there and save the kids. We possess something that they don't have. We have the truth. They are lost. And um, what actually happened was the opposite. Mm. They saved us. Wow. Because they didn't, they didn't want to, um, they didn't want what we were presenting. What they wanted was us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really at the root of white savior complex it's 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 uh it's inauthentic it is i'm giving you this as opposed to giving you myself yeah that's different yeah right presenting yourself with vulnerability and openness and transparency like mm. that you know in um in in white the the white savior complex does not look to empower it looks to actually reinforce the power structure that's already Absolutely. in place. Absolutely. And so, um, so we ended up getting saved by the, the, the kids that we were working with. Um, we learned, you know, with trauma, um, you know, we had no tools. All we knew how to do was throw scriptures at people. Oh, yeah. And so um, we had to learn about the nature of trauma and, and, and how to deal with trauma responses because we were experiencing that all the time. And, and one of the things that these kids had, the, some of the things that they had experienced, they could see directly through you. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and the things that we were requiring and asking of these kids, we weren't even ready to do ourselves. Mm. We were asking them to look deeply into themselves and understanding their addictions and their triggers and stuff like that. And we had no idea why we do the shit that we do. Exactly. Right? And so um, so they ended up saving us in the long run. Um, I, I credit my time uh, working with those kids um, that has gotten me to the point that, I am, that I'm at today. Um, and... I was I was forgetting what I'm, I'm forgetting what I wanted to to say, in addition to that, um, you know. It'll come back to me. I don't want to I don't want to waste a lot of time on it. But this kind of um, you said like blind these kids were blindsided by yeah. this woman, um, and you know, what what other thoughts do you have about the white savior complex? I think that um, um, as you were talking, you know, obviously. You oh, know. it just came back to Okay, me. go ahead. Can I ask there? Sure. Okay. Um, another version of the white savior complex. Uh, there's a there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about how God despises haughty eyes. Mm. H-O-U-G-H-T-Y. And haughty eyes are eyes that look down upon people. Mm. This says, 
I'm up here, you're down there. Yeah, yeah. And oftentimes that looks like pity. Mm. Pity is at the core of the white savior complex. And pity, you can't be, you can't pity somebody and then love somebody, love them as well. Um, Pity is, um, pity is, is demeaning. Yes. Um, Pity what, is what is love is empathy. Yeah. And empathy, what empathy does, empathy doesn't say, hey, and point to you and says, you need to do something and be like me. Yes. Empathy gets down in the dirt with you. Yeah. And um, there's, a, I think there was an analogy, like pity is somebody who, you know, somebody's in a ditch, right? And pity is somebody who... Um, stands above the ditch and says, hey, you need to come on out of there. You yeah. know, come on up here because this is it's good up here, right? And But empathy is somebody who goes down into the hole with you yep. and helps you. Yes. And, 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 and helps you to get out of your situation yeah. by this relationship that happens, right? Pity is, is, is lack of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to check myself whenever I'm, you know, in in my car, right, and there's a lot of panhandlers and homeless people in Seattle, and um, I check that 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 haughty spirit that that feels sorry for people, mm-hmm. um, because yes. just because somebody is living their life, they if they are using their own agency, right, they are li- even if it's not the life that I would choose for myself. I have no right to pity anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that pity is so much at the root of the white savior complex. Pity is not love, y'all. It's not, you know, whenever we say we feel sorry for somebody, we're essentially saying we're better than them. Yeah. We're putting ourselves on, on a, on a yeah. different level we're than putting our, Yeah, exactly. Um, I could say one thing I could say about um, the white savior complex is um, I'm going to take it. It's. It's so problematic that I think that it is, um, by and large, by and large, uh, draws from eugenics. Mm. So it, it 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 draws from it's very first of all it's very classist as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like um, our way is the right way. The way we see, you know, kids being raised. You know, if you don't if you don't make a certain amount of money, if you're poor, um, you know. Uh, you need you need saving you need saving you need us you need you need our help you have to make a certain mm-hmm. amount like kids have to you know people could be poor and live in very loving homes mm-hmm. they don't take that into account and they say you know and on the um on on a lot of the comments of the 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 headlines of this story i mean you look at a lot of the comments and, it, and it's obviously split between races and white people are saying that he is being ungrateful he needs to be grateful you get that about i mean most most of the white people on the comments are saying that he should be grateful mm-hmm. not all but most of them mm-hmm. um but you look at that and you and you you look and it's just like for you to say to form your lips and say that somebody should be grateful not to mention the fact that um, I, I might be mistaken, but they it was either Ole Miss or something that they they were um the the, the Tui family, they were Yeah, um, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, that was Ole Miss. So they benefited from that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they were they were alumni and they benefited from him playing for the team that they, you know, so they benefited. So if you really look at something and really want to help a kid, like you said, um, you, you could have easily helped him where he was. You could have helped him where he was, but it benefited them, you know. So I look at I look at the white savior complex and I and I and I look at it and I and it, it embraces this notion that our way is the best way and any other way is is not going to happen. So you're so people are not having kids because they feel like because this culture has has put into their like people are really making a decision not to further their bloodline to not to further their legacy to their legacy stops there because they truly don't feel like they have enough money for it. They got all the love in their hearts for it, but they don't have enough money. That's insanity. I can't tell you how many people I have talked to that have told me that they don't want to have kids for no, oh, they want kids, but they can't have kids for the simple fact that they can't afford it or they prolong it because they're waiting for it to be in a better financial position. Then they prolong it to the point where they can't, you know. And I'm not saying that, you know, other people have their other I mean, some people just don't want kids. That's fine. But if you're saying, like, I'm not having kids because I can't afford them, that's ludicrous. Like, we are supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Now, if that's your choice, that's your choice. Don't get at me because, you know, people like want to fight for their right to not have kids. That's cool. I I don't care. I got enough kids to... (laughs) You know, have enough kids to start a little army, but um, but you have to understand that that is that's that's it's unbelievable how that leaks into and permeates our minds and 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 and, hmm. and makes us make these are huge life changing decisions that that we make because it's informed by this white savior complex. All of this stuff, and and I I know I mentioned before that um the whole I, the child protective uh, services, not a lot of them take that white savior complex and they insert themselves in households that shouldn't they shouldn't insert themselves in, and they break up they break up really really happy homes just because they feel it's not living up to their standards, and it is so harmful. It is so dangerous and, you know, and it's so classist. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's that's mainly. One of the things that, uh, like, the Bible, you know, or, or the ministry of Jesus, it, it, it always turns things on its head. It, it says, you know, the first shall be last. Mm-hmm. The last shall be first, right? Jesus would say all those types of things. And. With that mindset, um, in you know the forty-five years that I've been alive, the poorest people that I've ever encountered have tons of money, mm-hmm. because you know, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, right? They, what they lack is worth more than money. Yeah, they have billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. And cannot fill that hole. Mm-hmm. All poor people lack is money. Yeah, that's all they lack. Yeah, there is a a richness in a wealth that they possess that Jeff Bezos couldn't buy. Yeah, that Bill Gates couldn't buy, and um, and so I I think you know looking at 
the world like kind of in this paradoxical kind of way that's all it's it's been my experience that wherever you are you know the the places that you think are impoverished are the richest places absolutely and the places that look like they like there's no more wealthy country on the face of the earth than the united states of america and we are impoverished. Yeah, yeah. I was saying there's a poverty of spirit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like I was just about I was literally just about to say that. So one of the one of the things that we could say um, as far as black people are concerned um, that has birthed our culture that has uh, our, it is our culture, our culture and our traditions, cultures, culture and tradition are usually birthed and born out of oppression, mm. uh, out of out of poverty. Mm. A lot of the traditions, because we have a we we rely on one another, we rely on the land, we rely on a lot of you know even lack of education. You you you're going to have tra uh, oral traditions. So you know if if you're illiterate, you know I'm just saying those, those certain things that keep your your culture very rich mm. is a lot of hard press whenever you lift that off it might seem okay for a while but mm -hmm. people you you depart you you separate from your spirit you separate because you are more tethered to mm -hmm. the world you're more mm -hmm. tethered to the mm -hmm. to the physical you're more tethered tethered to the material um I, if if i had it like knowing what i know now if i have a choice i would much rather just choose a, a, a more impoverished, you know, um, way of life. If I have to live off the land, I have to struggle a little because that's where you get your spirit. That's where you're in touch with your spirit. That's where you're led by the spirit more. You're not really led by the spirit if you're, you're not really led by the spiritual world. You're not really, you'd have no incentive mm -hmm. because you're over here, you know, thriving in the physical world. Just like um, uh, the Bible says you can't serve two masters. It's just one of those things. Like you're serving. It's just like it's almost like white saviorism is like a, a recruitment to serve a worldly, a worldly master. It's like let's recruit these people to be just as depraved as, as we are. Oh, Lord. Mm. It's, it's a recruitment. It's like it's almost like a misery loves company. Y'all know it ain't good over there. You know it ain't good over there. You know your household is dry. Your mac and cheese is dry as hell. You know your green beans don't got no fucking seasoning in them. And you want to fucking recruit somebody to come over to you and, and, and you know, and act like it's all good over there. And you know they over here having a great time playing with the fucking fire hydrant that just, you know, and then, you know, eat, eating their good old, you know. You know it ain't good over there. Y'all hate each other. Your kids don't talk to you when, you, when they grow up. But then you want us you want to recruit and say that child's boy is the best way. Fuck out of here. Yeah, and then and then all our shit is bitten off of. Right? Like the the stuff that they make fun of, right? Or the 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 stuff that we're, you know, they want it and they just they rename it. Yeah. Right? It, it, exactly. And so they recognize what we have. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't have the blues. You wouldn't have any of this if it weren't for some kind of struggle. Exactly. Embrace our struggle. We got to stop running from that shit. Yeah. We gotta stop running from the struggle. We got to stop running from the struggle and looking at, 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 at this American dream as if it is something to aspire to. Mm. The American dream has unseasoned food on the other end. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it. Potato salad with raisins. No, I don't want it. Mm -mm. I don't want it. Keep your American dream. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, I, I, I think about like, you know, and, and I know you, you, you bring up a point about like parents who, who feel bad, right? Because they're not able to give their child everything. You know, as somebody who has worked with kids for a long period of time, the things that, the things that will be remembered, the, the lasting memories, the lasting impact is not the PlayStation 5s. Mm-hmm. are not the Jordans, is not the trips to Disneyland, is not the trips to Disney World or what have you. It is it is the love, the acceptance, the patience that we, you know, the forgiveness, right? Some of these, these things that only somebody who is rich in spirit can offer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I've been given a ton of gifts and I've forgotten all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. They they meant something in that it, it's, it was a fleeting memory. Yes. The things that last, the things that I take with me are things that didn't cost anybody anything. Yep. And um, and so, you know, I, I think it is, a, you know, it is misery loves company. And, and in some way it is, the white savior complex impoverishes people who are rich. Mm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mm. absolutely. It's like it's like a it's a it's a prison of their own making. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, don't come and recruit me. Shit, fuck that. They tried, and you see, they only go to impoverished black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. They don't even go to the well-off black neighborhoods. They only go to the impoverished ones because mm-hmm. they think that that, you know, that that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that that promise of um, stability, that financial stability mm-hmm. is somehow going to be your saving grace. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, on it honestly, it only takes people to that who really like. I've had both ways, you know, I've had, um, you know, we were poor as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where we, you know, we went winters and winters without any hot water and any heat. And I would have the hood dryer. I don't know if you remember, I used to have to heat up with the hood dryer. Mm-hmm. Plug in the hood dryer and put it under my covers because I was so cold. Mm-hmm. To now where I am, you know, you know, we're, we're, we got everything that we need. You know, we we're we're fine financially. Right. And. And it's just like you lose, you mm. lose some of that, you lose some of that oomph, you you and you get a little thin skinned, mm. and you get a little fragile, <laughs> and you get a little you know and you get a little, mm. you get a little weaker. Mm. I ain't gonna lie, you get you get a little weaker, a little bit less intolerant than you you know less intolerant of, and it's just like damn, is this, am I the same person? That went as a child, went through winters with no heat, and now I'm sitting here complaining if it's a seven, if it's seventy six degrees. Mm. It's too hot. Mm. When, when, how old were we when we got AC for the first time? Shit, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we get a dishwasher. Exactly. Man. Um, Remember we had a dishwasher, but we weren't allowed to use it. 
One called us her 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 dishwashers. She didn't trust she didn't trust the dishwasher. No. Um man, that that that's a that's a word right there. That I mean that is a word. And um, you know, the things that the mega wealthy have, it is it's one catastrophe away. Yes. From being wiped away. Yep. The things that the people who are, you know, classified as impoverished, they have riches that can never be taken away. Yep, yep. It doesn't matter what catastrophe comes their way, that they possess something that Jeff Bezos is trying to buy with all of his billions of dollars and he can't get it. He's trying to get on a fucking spaceship. You know, yeah. you're trying to leave this world, or or they or they create tunnels and and, and try to try to make yeah. underground bunkers and stuff like that. You ain't getting away. Yeah. Doesn't the Bible say something about that? They try to hide in tunnels and or caves or something like that. They're going to try to hide in caves. I think that's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh God! All right, but I think that that is it for this episode. Do you think? I agree. <laughs> But um, I think the ancestors came out a little bit. Did you feel them a little bit? They came out a little bit? I felt it. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> they came out. They made a little guest appearance real quick. <laughs> yeah, especially when you talk about the unseasons. Mm. Oh, that that was definitely, that was that was Grandma Truly. Oh, that sounds like a, um, that sounds like a monster. No, that sounds like a scary movie, The Unseasoned. <laughs> Some gray-ass chicken chasing you. <laughs> this episode of talk ish with Heidi and Justin um, if you want to join us on YouTube uh, podcast and what Spotify Apple uh, we are on every platform also if you want to talk to us about this episode or any other episode you have any feedback please email us at the real talkish podcast at gmail.com and we will see you next time. Mm, that's yeah. right.